This is Jets at Noon with Cameron Poitras and Jim Toth on 680-CJOB. I mean, he said it in kind of a respectful way. Like, I mean, he said no uh, no disrespect, no nothing against you. Just, you know, it had to happen. Some, some, something had to happen against, you know, what, for, for what happened to Kaprizov there. I mean, he's obviously going to be out for a little bit. And, you know, I don't think Dilly was trying to hurt him. I think he was just playing heavy, and that's just, you know, that play happens. I, you know, he wasn't, I don't think, trying to be a, you know, a bad guy. I think he was just, you know, that's what he thought he needed to do to get back at us. Um, and that's what he chose to do. Um, you know, I was saying to a couple of guys, like, lucky it wasn't like a cheap shot hit or, a, you know, from behind or to the head or something that could have been serious. Luckily, it was just a couple stitches, and, um, I mean, kind of a weird thing to come out and admit it that you know he uh, blatantly said that you know it was for what happened well I didn't even do anything in the play I had nothing to do with it and I mean hey whatever it's all good well Cole Perfetti doesn't seem too bothered by it we'll hear from comments uh, uh, from Rick Bonus over the next little bit um, on what happened with Cole Perfetti and Ryan Hartman on New Year's Eve. Uh, Hartman fined uh, just over $4,400 uh, for a high stick on Perfetti that happened uh, following a faceoff. No call um, on the play. Happened real tight. So if if Perfetti's not too upset about it and Rick Bonus, I mean, I mean, this is what they're just presenting to uh, the media and to the you know Winnipeg Jets fans and stuff like that. Maybe it's a little different behind closed doors. But, I mean, what else can I say? It was dirty. He admitted it. Uh you know, there's <laughs> that's hockey, I guess, in in a lot of ways. I mean, I I kind of question him going after Hartman, going after a guy like Perfetti. That's kind of what turns me a little bit. Like maybe somebody in you know in the situation with Ehlers last year, uh, where he had that interference which he got suspended one game for uh, that took Ehlers out. Um, so Hartman's got a little bit of a history with 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 the Winnipeg Jets here. But anyways, we turn from a sweep of the uh, Minnesota Wild, of course, to the game tonight. Pre-game show at 5, puck drop at 7. Uh, the Tampa Bay Lightning and the Winnipeg Jets. Um, to talk about the weekend, to talk about a little bit of Ryan Hartman and, and to, to head off to tonight, joined by Paul Edmonds, uh, play-by-play voice of the Winnipeg Jets. Paul, just me, uh, Jim Toth uh, still on the bench. Uh, hopefully we'll see him tomorrow. But, uh, Paul, how you doing? Do you have a great New Year's? I was pretty quiet. <laughs> oh, just like me then. Perfect. We, I, I think we were in bed at 10. <laughs> <laughs> That's even better. <laughs> yeah. Well, I got off, uh, I got off the plane, uh, with the rest of the team of course and staff and mm-hmm. got home somewhere around seven thirty or eight o'clock at night. And we had been invited out to a party as well, but, uh, in all honesty, my wife is not feeling very good the last few days. And I got home and, uh, it was a pretty busy schedule since the jets had that game that they flew in and out of on the same day on the 27th uh, to Chicago. And then, you know, the back-to-back matinees. And I, uh, I thought about maybe having uh, an adult beverage and that never happened. And um, I was done. So yeah, it was, uh, that's not uncommon for where we are in our lives now. All three kids were out. So that's fine. I mean, 
they go to bed after we do now. They're putting us to bed now. That's where we are in our lives. <laughs> well, no kids for me, Ed Paul, but I, that's pretty dang close to what happened with me too. So, um, uh, I, I wanted to ask you about just uh, lead off you, Cole Perfetti. The comments, you know, Ryan Hartman was caught on the live mic. Perfetti was wearing a live mic for that game on New Year's Eve in in St. Paul. I guess some thoughts. Ryan Hartman, he went after Perfetti. Uh, you know, the, the subsequent fine. Do you have any thoughts on that? Yeah, I have a lot of thoughts on it. You know, Cole Perfetti, much more forgiving than I think a lot of us would be, but maybe that's only in front of the cameras right yeah. here. I I have a funny feeling here. And, and listen, there's a rivalry, and if you're wondering about the rivalry and the emotional level of it between Winnipeg and Minnesota, it's on full display. But this is the second time now with Ryan Hartman taking a cheap shot at one of the skilled guys of the Winnipeg Jets. And, you know, the other one, as you mentioned, was back last year when he blindsided Nikolai Ehlers and then this one off the faceoff. And then admitting it to to him that, you know, he was kind of the target of of some retribution. Well, don't go after one of those guys. Go and pick on somebody else. I mean, if you're looking at somebody about their same size, go after Vladislav Nemestikov. He's pretty tough as well. We haven't seen him fight as a Winnipeg Jet yet, but you go back on some hockeyfights.com and you'll see Vladdy's not afraid. You know, pick on somebody like that and not Cole Perfetti. And so I wonder kind of what might happen down the road here. As I said in the pregame show leading up to the second game on Sunday um, after the Kaprizov situation with Brendan Dillon, I'm not so sure that Minnesota wants to run around and take a bunch of penalties and try to go after and settle a score because, you know, their penalty kill wasn't very good. So I would caution Winnipeg in doing the same, but Winnipeg's just such a mature team that they'll pick the right spot when they want to get after Ryan Hart. But I don't think this is all done. I'm not no. instigating anything here. But I'm just saying that somebody's going to maybe have a bit of a jaundice eye toward Ryan Hartman at some point. That's you know maybe one time you get away with it. It might have been a bit of an accident. This one is blatant. It's egregious. Uh, it didn't really hurt Cole Perfetti, other than as he mentioned Cameron a couple of stitches. But at the same time, you get to the point where you know what you're not pushing us around. You're not taking runs at young guys, young skilled guys. Somebody's going to have something to say about it before it's all said and done. And there's two more games between the Jets and the Wild. One in February here, and one in April down in St. Paul. What, where do you rank that that set of games here, the back to back, and so far in this season for the Winnipeg Jets? Uh, it was a highlight weekend, that's for sure, because you knew what was coming, right? I mm-hmm. always, you know, sometimes you can get uh, bamboozled a little bit when you don't know what's coming, and then all of a sudden you step back 60 minutes later and go, okay, well. You know, I guess we'll have to be a little bit better the next time we see them. You knew what was coming all weekend from Minnesota. And you handled it with aplomb. And not only that, but, I mean, you grabbed four points to push your lead on your biggest rivals in the National Hockey League to 12 points in the standings. And I just think that, you know, the game in Saturday here in Winnipeg was a little bit more open. It had a little more event to it or events to it as as Rick Bonus likes to say, it wasn't a high-event game on Sunday. It had more of a grind to it. And I think what it says about Winnipeg is they have the ability to play any way you want them to play. If you want to go up and down and, you know, do the 5 by 200 and pass the baton and play that skilled game, Winnipeg can do that. If you want to grind it out, they can certainly do that as well. If you want to get into the, the alleys and, and uh, the corners and, and try to win it that way with the physical uh, sort of aspect, they can play that way as well. I mean, they, they play any way in any environment. Um, they can grind it out. They can outskill you. Uh, you know, if it was a power play goal here or there, I wonder where this team would be. Certainly not just maybe with 22 wins, but probably a few more. Um, so it was a statement weekend for from my standpoint, uh, not only to the Minnesota Wild, but 
also to the rest of the league that I think the Winnipeg Jets are for real. And then there was a lot of questions, as you know, coming mm-hmm. out of the break this year about how would they do, right? Yeah. Because last year it was around this time because they had such a great October, November, and part of December that they were kind of riding high and in first place in the Western Conference. And then, you know, the, the wings kind of tilted downward on descent and uh, they struggled to get into the playoffs by the eighth seed. I think a bit more of a statement was made this time around coming out of the break that Winnipeg was not going to falter this time. Yeah, so, I mean, it's so tight, and you mentioned that. Uh, you look at the top of the Central Division. I mean, the Jets have a, a, a fantastic month. They grabbed 22 of a possible 26 points, going 10-1-2. and two. Uh, Still in a, what would you could probably say a virtual tie right now in the central division, uh, the Dallas, uh, and Winnipeg, 48 points, uh, Dallas, uh, uh, the jets have the tiebreaker on Dallas in terms of regulation wins They're They both have two games in hand on Colorado was a point up. I mean, so it, there, there's no time to rest on anything. I mean, the race is on here in the central division for that top spot. Yeah, it certainly is. And I'm wondering who's going to blink first, yeah. right? You know, and sometimes maybe it all it takes is, uh, a bad goal or the key guy coming out of your lineup because of injury or what have you. And Winnipeg seemed to be able to withstand that as well. You know, I speak of Kyle Connor, I speak of Gabe Velarde, you know, from that standpoint, but you know, I think Winnipeg's running with the heavyweights in their division right now in Colorado and Dallas. And, you know, you're just going to play one game at a time. That's totally cliche, but you can't do anything but play this game tonight against Tampa and then worry about going to California and Arizona and playing, know san jose and anaheim and then the coyotes so uh, it truly is uh, 60 minutes by 60 minutes and then you'll see where you are at the end of 82 games i think we'll have an even better idea as we get closer toward the halfway point which will be on the next homestand for the jets after that california trip they'll be past game uh, 40 and 41 so you know but i mean they would give us no indication that anything's going to change from this team yeah. uh, because they pretty much been consistent and well-balanced and played the same way right from the opening night in Calgary where they lost and felt that they played pretty well, Cameron. So, Mm -hmm. you know, from that standpoint, uh, I think what you're trying to do now to be a little bit more succinct is stay with those two top teams, supersede them if you can, but keep winning so that you're holding off everybody else behind you so that you develop a bit of a cushion, even if you do finish third in your division. Yeah, and the big thing that's that's different to me, Paul, and we only got about uh, 45 seconds here, but it's, you know, the first line, Ehlers, Velarde, and Shifley going into the Christmas break, they were on a torrid pace. Um, it seems like it's just a matter of time they're going to start pouring it in again, but they don't get on the points on the score sheet over the last three games, but it's the depth. It's the rest of the team that steps up. Well, and you have to have that. Yeah. I mean, you can't be a one-line hockey team and expect to go to the Western Conference Final, right? Um, nobody really does that. I mean, you have to ride both goaltenders, and Brossois was brilliant on Sunday as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so you've got all 18-2 and two kind of percolating along, and, and what you do is when one sort of line isn't going very well, somebody else is going to spell them off, and you're not going to have your top line be your top line every single night when it comes to points. I mean, uh, there's going to be a myriad of reasons as to why uh, they might not be scoring, partly because they're up against the best D pair or maybe the best checking line. So, you know, all of a sudden, all it takes is for Shifley to get hot again and his line will follow him and, and maybe the other lines kind of cool down a little bit. But that's what makes a really good team, again, to be succinct and precise. Uh, when one line isn't going, one other line will step up. And when you have that in that rotation, 
you usually have a lot of success. No better time than tonight going up against Nikita uh, Kucherov, who is right now leading the National Hockey League, 61 points in 37 games. Uh, he has been uh, fairly unstoppable, but uh, the Winnipeg Jets will uh, try to take care of business again. They beat them, uh, of course, earlier this season in OT. Adam Lowry uh, with the game-winning goal there. Uh, Paul Edmonds, play-by-play voice of the Winnipeg Jets. You'll hear him uh, when the play-by-play gets going here on 680 CJOB at 7 o'clock pregame show at 5. Paul, take care. Have fun tonight. Yeah, thanks a lot, Cameron. My yeah. pleasure. Anytime. Yeah, awesome. Thanks so much for jumping on the show. Let's take a break. Let's come back. On the other side, uh, we'll hear from uh, Bones, head coach Rick Bonus, on his comments about Ryan Hartman um, and sort of this uh, caught on the live mic admitting to Perfetti that, hey, you know, man, I had to go after you. You know, Brendan Dillon uh, took out uh, Kaprasov, so, you know, this is how things go. Um, not sure he knew he was on a live mic. Probably didn't. Uh, but, like... In, in all honesty here, everybody, Brennan Dillon was just playing tough there. I mean, he he hits he hits Kaprasov, and there was no intent to injure or take him out of there. Um, that's 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 just not what was happening. So, and to go after Perfetti, come on, of all guys, you're going to go after Cole Perfetti on the Winnipeg Jets. Um, let's keep the ball rolling here. We'll hear from Bones after this, and then Eric uh, Ernestland, um, he's uh, going to be joining us. The uh, Lightning Insider. Uh, with lightninginsider.com. We'll, we'll talk about where the bolts are and how their season has been unfolding and what we can expect from tonight's game. Don't go anywhere. Chats at noon on 680 CJOB. Welcome back to the program. Cam Poitras here. Jim Toth uh, on the mend. Uh, hopefully we'll have him back uh, on the show tomorrow. Getting kind of sick of flying solo here. Um, but hopefully we'll have Jim Toth back um, and uh, recuperated and back here on the airwaves on 680 CJOB tomorrow. Uh, still to come on the show, we'll hear from uh, Rick Bonus on the on the Hartman uh, situation. Hartman fined today. Uh, Ryan Hartman for the Minnesota Wild fined today for $4,400, the maximum allowable under the CBA for high stick on Winnipeg's Cole Perfetti during the New Year's Eve game uh, in St. Paul. Uh <laughs> Uh, Cole Perfetti confirming um, in, uh, in uh, following the morning skate today that Ryan Hartman was caught on a live mic. Uh, Perfetti was uh, mic'd up for the game, admitting that he went after Perfetti uh, because of the situation that happened with Brendan Dillon um, uh, t- uh, hurting uh, Kirill Kaprasov. So he goes after Perfetti. Um, of course, the history between Hartman and the Jets. Uh, he had a suspension following a uh, – egregious interference that took um, Nick Ehlers out for a period of time. Uh, so listen, this, this is a, this is a player that the Winnipeg Jets uh, are going to have circled over the next game here. Um, what that means, I don't know. I'm not suggesting anything, uh, but listen, when you, when you come out and it becomes this obvious, um, usually there's some level of response to it. Uh, they're not just going to let um they're not going to let somebody just go after Cole Perfetti. That, that's for sure. 204-780-6868. Got some text messages from you guys on that. We'll we'll get those on as the show goes on. And then uh, we'll hear from a stunned Team Canada as they lose to the Czechs today 3-2 at the World Juniors in Sweden in the quarterfinals. But we had a game tonight. Pre-game show gets going at 5. Puck drop at 7. Uh, and to talk about it, Lightning Insider Eric Erlison is joining me now. Uh, Eric, how you doing? 
I'm wonderful. How are you? Thanks for having me on. Oh, it's all it's always a pleasure. I'm happy to have you back back on the program and you can find Eric's stuff at uh, lightninginsider.com. Tell me about the the Tampa Bay Lightning uh this season and the 2023-2024 edition of this team. Uh who are they and what can they become? It's kind of a, a big open-ended question, but it's sort of the first thing that pops into my head about about the Bolts. Yeah, lots to unpack there. For yeah, sure. yeah. Um, right now, they are the Nikita Kucherov show in a lot of ways. I mean, every night he seems to do something that, that just kind of opens your eyes and say, did he really just kind of do that? And, you know, the numbers back it up is he's just three behind Austin Matthews for the league lead in goals. He's among the lead leaders in assists and obviously leading the league in points. So he, he is the guy that everything kind of centers around offensively. You know, they need to get Braden Point scoring on a more consistent basis. They need to get Steven Stamkos scoring on a more consistent basis. Brandon Hagel is going through about the 10 or 11 game goal scoring drought. So he's well off his pace of 30 goals last year. So they've had a lot of inconsistencies to their game. Uh, and that reflects their record. They, they might win two in a row. They'll lose three. In a row. They might win three in a row. They'll lose two in a row. It's, it's just kind of been that way for them this season. Uh, obviously missing Andre Vazileski for the first five, six weeks of the season doesn't really factor into that record, but he's not back to his, you know, uh, doesn't a caliber performances on a nightly basis. He's had a couple here and there. The game in Edmonton last month was one of those games. But he, he hasn't been on that level on a consistent basis either. So he's still working his way back to that level. So I guess to make a long story short, the only thing consistent about Tampa Bay this year has been their inconsistencies. Yeah, and in, in, a part of that inconsistencies has led to them being a great comeback team. They're top of the league in, in comebacks or near the top. Um, so what's kind of got them behind the eight ball early on in these games is a situation for them sort of waiting for something to happen, like waiting for Kucherov to make that big play, as they mentioned, or is it just taking them 10, 15 minutes to get into a lot of these hockey games? They've certainly had their share of slower starts. And, you know, you look at some of these comebacks and two jumped out on me right away. They, they fell down two nothing to Vegas a couple of weeks ago at home ice. And Brandon Hagel got into a fight after uh, Braden Point was hit, or Anthony Sorelli was hit, pardon me. Um, so he went after it, and that really sparked the team. It sparked the crowd uh, and home ice, and they ended up scoring four goals in the second period, go on to win that game 5-4. to four. And then the other night against Montreal, they had that crazy empty net goal scored against yeah. them when what everybody happened the there? play was stopped. That was crazy. I've never seen that. <laughs> You know, been around the game for twenty. Well, Eric, can I, can I st- like if, if you've seen, seen yeah, if you've seen that goal, the entire team thought that. Just for the listeners, the entire team thought that the whistle had gone. The music started playing at at Amelie Arena. I mean, I I watched it. I think three or four times, and and then Montreal subsequently goes on to score. Um, I like I watched that, and I'm thinking. They should have blown the whistle. I mean, uh, you know, Montreal's goaltender was holding onto the puck pretty long. I, th- I think that I don't even necessarily blame Tab. I thought it was that that the whistle should have been blown. It, he had the puck for a good two, three seconds. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, whatever you think about no it, Eric. Pressure. Yeah, yeah, he was under no pressure. So usually, a lot of times the referees will, all, you know, tell them move the puck. But the fact that the music started playing, the linesmen started to come in to collect the puck for the faceoff. Jonas Johansson left his net because the lights are flashing too, right? The lights are flashing on the ice. Everything about that play signified play was stopped. Even Montreal players thought the play was stopped until Montembeau let the puck go, and you know Kelly Southern was over. Hey, move the puck, move the puck. So he's he's telling his defenseman, shoot it, shoot it, shoot it. And ends up being a goal. It was a crazy situation. There's no doubt. But that sparked Tampa Bay. They got angry after that. The crowd was angry. They were booing the referees and all this stuff. And that fed them. So they're, 
they're relying, I think, a little bit too much on some of the stuff to fuel them, and it's not there from the start. And that's what's creating some of these two-goal deficits that they put themselves into of late um, because <laughs> they've talked about emotion from the start. Unfortunately, it's been taken you know, a period, a period and a half, to spark something when they don't have it from the start. So that's been a part of that inconsistency they dealt with. I've got a texture here. He says, uh, I should ask – uh, my guest here, uh, uh, Eric uh, Erlinson, is the Lightning Insider, lightninginsider.com. He says, you should ask your guest about what the feeling is at Tampa about Anthony Sorelli's extension because, uh, and the texter says he's not living up uh, to it at the moment. What, what's the feeling on, on Anthony Sorelli right now? Well, in my opinion, Anthony Sorelli is an ideal third center mm-hmm. because he's, a, he's very good defensively. He's a great penalty killer. He's so smart with his anticipation and, and everything else. And when you sign that extension, you're expected to produce offensively too. And the goals the last two years haven't come at the level that we expect out of Anthony Sorelli. He hit 19 a couple of years ago, uh, hasn't been able to get past that mark. So in that aspect, he's probably not living up to that deal, but he's still a terrific two-way center. Uh, they rely on him a lot in a lot of situations, whether it's you know, face-offs or defensive matchups, especially you know, when the team's on the road to try and get those matchups uh, that they have. So um, he's an important part of their team but he's probably more suited as a third-line center or he's playing second-line center minutes. Yeah, and Sorelli, of course, uh, plenty of years left on his deal all the way until 2030, 3031 at uh, $6.25 uh, million. Um, how does this team boost the defensive play? I mean, they're giving up more goals than they're scoring right now. Um, what, what do they need to do to sort of fix that as a, as a club? Uh, well, a lot of those goals against, you know, you look at, the, especially in the early part of the season, they've been gift-wrapping goals to teams with turnovers and turnovers at bad parts of the ice and, and stuff like that. So that's the area. And they, there was a stretch there really going into the Christmas break where they cleaned that up. And it was no coincidence that they won three straight games going into Christmas break because those areas they did clean up, they need to get back to that. Uh, there's no doubt they're not as deep defensively as they've been the past couple of years, Mikhail Sergachev has missed the past five games. I'm not sure if he's going to be in the lineup tonight. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, actually took a, a puck off his foot. Uh, Eric Chernak is banged up. I don't think he's going to play tonight. So there's a lot of injury issues on the back end. But uh, the depth isn't there. And yeah. that's, that's showing when the injuries pop up. Um, so that doesn't help. But a lot of the goals that Tampa Bay allows are self-inflicted wounds. And it's driving the coaching staff crazy. Well, it's like you mentioned depth. I mean, that's just... It's just a symptom of going to the Stanley Cup for three, uh, the final for three years in a row. I mean, winning, winning two of them, um, you know, having all that success for this number of years. I mean, it, it eventually, and I, I, I give full credit to the organization for, for continuing. I mean, like, listen, this, this, uh, the depth has been there consistently over a period of time, but there needs to be a bit of a fix there, I think. Yeah, and it's not easy to do. No. Um, you know, they brought up Darren Radish last year, and he played great in the final third of the season. He has not played as well as he has uh, so far at this point of this year. Mikhail Sergachev, when he has been healthy, has kind of taken a step back. That certainly doesn't help when you rely on him to take on the minutes that he does play after the absence of Ryan McDonough, who's in Nashville now. So, yeah, it, it's when you win championships and you're successful, players get paid. Yeah. <laughs> and in the flat cap era, which the cap has been for the past three, four years, it's hard to bring in players to fix it. So last year it was Ian Cole. This year it's Calvin DeHaan. You know, you're, you're kind of having a dip in the lower end of the free agency pool on defense to try and fill those gaps. 
Uh, and eventually it's just going to, you know, you just show a little bit how thin you are. And I think that's where they're at with their defensive court. Yeah, they're looking for diamonds in the rough there and looking for the, a lot of guys to, yeah. to to boost themselves. And, you know, it's, there's they've had lots of hits over the last couple of years, but uh, but some misses as well. Uh, you gave a good injury report there, Eric Kernak, um, as well as uh, Sergachev, probably not going to be uh, in the lineup today. Um, who is starting net miners? Uh, any, any news on that? Uh, I expect it to be Andre Vasilevsky. Um, Jonas Johansson got the start on New Year's Eve, so I expect uh, actually Vasilevsky to get all three starts on this road trip. Uh, they go to Minnesota next and ended in Boston on Saturday. Um, there's there's some conversations out there. They might have to play with five defensemen tonight. I haven't, I can't confirm that, but okay. that's some of the stuff that's kind of floating around because of the injury to Sergeyev, because of the injury to Chernak. Hayden Fleury is out as well. He got hurt the other night. He's on IR already, uh, so they might have to play this game with five defensemen tonight, which you know that'll be a challenge. Oh, certainly. Um, and just thoughts on this game coming up here. Well, uh, obviously we don't see Winnipeg a ton uh, in the East, uh, but we know how good they are. They're uh, one of the most dangerous teams in the Western Conference. We did see the Jets uh, back in November here at Amelie Arena, um, and they're tough. Even without Kyle Connor, they are a tough, tough team to play against. Rick Bonus really has them playing well. He's you know, implemented some of that defensive acumen that he's been known for, even when he was here with the Lightning through all those years. Uh, and they've got the offense to back it up. So the Lightning know that they have a challenge. They haven't been very good on the road this year. The record reflects that. They have to get points out of these games. But this is a tough task for the Lightning uh, up against the Jets tonight, for sure. Eric Erlinson is the Lightning Insider. You can find his stuff at lightninginsider.com. Eric, always a pleasure you take care, okay? Thanks so much for popping on. Hey, my pleasure. Anytime. Be well. All right. Yeah, you too. Take care. 204-780-6868, 204-780-6868. On the other side of the upcoming commercial break, which we are just moments away from, we'll get your text messages on the situation with Ryan Hartman um, getting caught on a live mic, admitting that he did uh, uh, high stick uh, Cole Perfetti on purpose um, in retaliation for the situation that happened the game prior in Winnipeg uh, between Brendan Dillon and Kirill Kaprasov. What does that mean? You guys got some thoughts on that. I'll read those on the air. 204-780-6868 as well. We'll hear from Rick Bonus on uh, that situation as well. And uh, from some Canadian players stunned following the 3-2 loss to Czechia earlier today at the World Juniors in the semifinals. We'll be right back. Jets at noon on 680 CJOB. Yeah, I, like, again, I I don't understand it, but yeah, <laughs> whatever. Players play, man, they, and there's passion in the game. You never want to take the passion out of our game. You don't. Uh, none of us will like the product if we take passion out of our game. That's part of being a competitive player. That's part of, okay, we're here to win the game and do whatever it takes. Uh, I never did like the, the premeditated stuff before, but that's that's a totally different that's a totally different scenario because this was back to back. We're going we had beaten them the day before and Maroon was trying to get his team riled up. Uh, Bones there asked about sort of the code, the National Hockey League code and, you know, Lowry and Maroon dropping the gloves right off the bat there in that game on New Year's Eve in, in St. Paul. The first part of that answer I just played from Bones was uh, he was asked uh, by Murat Atesh from The Athletic uh, asking him, uh, you know, you know, sort of, you know, Ryan Hartman going after, you know, Cole Perfetti and you know, Bones saying, he doesn't understand it. I don't think a lot of you do either. 
780-6868. This texture says every wild game from now on address uh, Jeffrey Vial uh, to um, face Hartman every shift. That's what that texture says. This one says uh, Kyle texts and says Hartman is a dirty piece of trash. Has been his entire career. Needs to be tuned up and put in his place. This texture says hilarious to hear the wild and their fans calling the Jets dirty when they're the ones initiating tax on, attacks on star players. Live by the sword. Die by the sword. And this one from Jay from the Grand Beach. Why wouldn't the NHL suspend him for 10 games if you high stick somebody on purpose? That's intent to injure. The NHL is a joke. It's like wrestling, making up the rules as they go. Even with Kyle Connor, that should have been five games for kneeing. What's your opinion on the NHL not wanting a small market team to do well? That from Jay from Grand Beach. I don't think that that's a factor, Jay. Um, I don't know. I think sometimes it feels that way. Uh, you know, do I think the the knee-on-knee hit uh, on Kyle Connor against Anaheim um, uh, from Strom there should have been a penalty, should have been uh, more than a penalty, should have been a, a two, three-game suspension. Absolutely. There's no doubt about that. Um, I, I don't think that, that that high stick was... He gets a couple stitches. Was it, was it a four-minute uh, double minor? Yeah. It was a four-minute penalty. There's no doubt about that. That was missed by the refs. I don't, I'm not on, I'm not um, upset with the refs for missing that one. That was a real tough one to call. Uh, you know, Hartman did a good job of, of hiding that one. But um, I think this just proves what a lot of people think that a lot of this stuff, you know, and I think people know that. people. There's a lot of people who played hockey here, 204-780-6868. They know that that kind of stuff goes on, and this is just confirming. I kind of love live mic, man, and uh, yeah. A lot of people are going to be upset. I'm sure the organization is a, is upset too as well. Um, but you know, a fine is 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 what it is, and that's what the league has decided. Uh, Canada falling uh, to Czechia, formerly known as the Czech Republic, uh, today early this morning. Czechia scoring the game-winning goal late in regulation with 11 seconds left on the clock, stunning Canada 3-2 to move on to the semifinals at the World Junior Hockey Championships. Finland has moved on. The Americans have moved on. Uh, Rutger McGordy scoring on the power play. Winnipeg Jets prospect as the United States beats Latvia 7-2. Sweden is up 1-0 with an early goal against the Swiss right now. Ten minutes uh, gone in the first period. Elias Solomonson as well as uh, Fabian uh, Wagner. Winnipeg Jets prospects on the on the, the Swedish team. So maybe something uh, to also keep an eye on um, over the rest of the tournament here. Um, but here was Canadian captain Fraser Minton uh, reflecting on the crushing loss. It feels like, you know, the world's ending a bit. Like, you, such a unbelievable opportunity for all of us in, in our careers. And you never really know if uh, you're going to get another look with, you know, the, representing your country or, or playing on you know, such a, a global stage. Canada lost in the quarterfinals for the first time since they did in 2019 in Vancouver. Uh, Canadian forward Owen Beck says it was a shocking loss. You know, our heads are kind of just spinning right now. Not really sure what happened. And it's, yeah, it's just it's a horrible way to, to end things off here. Well, it was a stunning defeat. Star forward uh, Maglin Celebrini led Canada with eight points in five games. Was held off the score sheet against the Czechs. Manitoban's Connor Geeky, um, he had two goals and an assist over the tournament. While Denton Matejchuk was tied for second in scoring. He picked up four assists uh, at the tournament. I mean, disappointing, yeah, no doubt about it. Um, It seems like whenever there's a situation like this and Canada ends up losing in a a quarterfinal match, doesn't get a medal, doesn't get to the gold medal game, it always seems like that um, internally at at Hockey Canada, there's 
a lot of questions being asked and a lot of answers being demanded. Um, listen, uh, there's a lot of, of the grade A under 20-year-old players missing from from this tournament here. Uh, so I, I always tend to find that there's these transition years every every little while where you just catch a year where there's a lot of great players that should be playing for Canada at this tournament uh, that have already established themselves in the National Hockey League. And, and I think that's what happened here. So no cause for alarm. Yeah, it's disappointing. Um, but listen, you can't win them all. And listen, I also think it just makes everything a little bit more exciting, you know, down the stretch here. Um, not down the stretch, but over the course of the next uh, couple of years, give some other countries some 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 victories here, and it just makes it all that much more exciting in the end. Am I disappointed? Canada is not going to be uh, winning the gold medal. Yeah, that that's for sure. I'm not I'm not running away from that. Thank you very much, Jeffrey Forche, for producing the show. Make sure you don't miss Jets right here on 680 CJOB. Pre-game gets going at five. Puck drop. At seven, Jets, Lightning at Canada Life Center. I uh, hope Jim Toth will be back tomorrow, but uh, I'm Cam Poitras. Thanks for listening. Tip. Jets at noon on 680 CJOB.